0: Nature's Wild Fish by Jane P. Resnick. First, we'll start with the glossary, which is way at the end of the book, on page 30. Glossary. Anal fin. Fin on the rear underside of a fish. Along with the dorsal fin, it keeps a fish stable in the water. Bacteria, microscopic plants with round, spiral, or rod-like bodies living in colonies in soil, water, or the bodies of plants or animals. Some bacteria can cause infections or illnesses. Camouflage, the way an animal disguises and protects itself, by blending with its surroundings. Carnivore, an animal that eats the flesh of other animals. Cartilage, soft, flexible gristle that joins one bone to another. Human ears and noses are made up of cartilage. Caudal fin, fin that helps a shark or other fish move forward, also known as a tail fin. Cold-blooded, having a body temperature that is not regulated internally but adapts to the temperature of surrounding air or water. Colony, a group of the same species of animal living together. Eels live in colonies. Dorsal fin, large fin on the upper back of a fish that keeps the fish from rolling over. Egg case, tough outer covering of a shark egg, often shaped like a spiral, screw, or rectangle. Eye spot, false eye, larger than a real eye, located near the tail of a fish, used to fool predators into thinking that the fish is too big to eat. Fin. A stiff appendage on a whale or fish that helps the animal move forward, balance, steer, break, and stay on course while swimming. Fossil the remains or impression of an animal or plant naturally preserved in rock or other hard substances. Fry, baby fish. Gills, the breathing organs of fish and other water animals. Most fish have one pair of gill slits, but sharks have five to seven pairs. Hibernate to rest or sleep through the winter. Animals that hibernate survive until spring on food stored in their body. Migration, an animal's move away from or to its breeding or feeding grounds at certain times of the year. Mucus, a slimy substance that comes from the mucous membrane and moistens the scales of fish and protects them from infection. Nursery, the place where a mother animal gives birth, lays her eggs, or raises her young. Parasite, an organism that depends on another animal for food or support. Pectoral fins, fins on both sides of a fish's chest that are used for balance. Pelvic fin, center fin on a fish's underside that helps it to balance, steer, and stop. Photophores, the light producing body organs or glowing spots on the bodies of fish living in the deep sea. Plankton, tiny animals and plants living in the sea that are the basic food for larger sea animals, such as whales. Predator, an animal that hunts other animals for food. Prey, an animal that is hunted by other animals. School, a large number of fish swimming together. Spawn, to produce eggs. A female fish places her eggs in the water, then the male fertilizes them. Swim bladder, an organ in most bony fish that contains oxygen and helps the fish stay underwater without floating upward or sinking. Vibrations, quivering or trembling motions that can be heard or felt. Now we will start reading from page six forward. Fish story. Water covers approximately 75% of the Earth's surface, In it swim billions of fish from over 25,000 species. Fish are cold-blooded. Their blood temperature changes with the temperature of the surrounding water. Fish can live in a warm lake in summer, and stay in that same ice-covered lake in winter. Breathing A fish breathes in by passing water through its mouth. The gill covers close to keep the water in. Then the gills remove the oxygen and pass it into the bloodstream. To breathe out, the mouth closes tightly and the gill covers open to let water out. Water works. A fish is naturally equipped to live in water. It has gills to take oxygen from the water. Many fish have a swim bladder, like a balloon, to keep them afloat. By changing the amount of air in that bladder, these fish do not rise or sink, but remain balanced. Now you have a picture of a fish with all its fins highlighted. Please take a look at them. Then we'll go down below it where it says armed with scales. A fish's overlapping scales are called armor because they protect the fish. Mucus, a slimy substance, moistens the scales, protects them from infection, and helps the fish slip through the water faster. Sensitive nose. Fish have openings on their snouts that do the work of human nostrils. The paddlefish has a super long snout armed with nerves and sense organs that detect food. When it's hungry, all the paddlefish has to do is follow its nose. Going on to page 7. Functional fins. Fins move the fish forward, steer it, and maintain balance. The pectoral and pelvic fins are used for balance, steering, and braking. The dorsal fin keeps the fish from rolling over and works along with the anal fin to act as a stabilizer. The tail fin provides power, thrusting the fish forward. Below the picture of the fish, there's a picture of many fish swimming together. And it says, a lateral line along the sides of a fish carries the sense organs that help it swim around invisible objects in muddy water or keep perfect formations in a school. At the top of this page, on the right-hand side, we have a picture of a crayfish, a starfish, and a jellyfish. What is called a fish, but is not a fish? The crayfish wears its skeleton on the outside of its body. Fish keep their bones inside. Starfish, or sea stars, have five or more arms. They can walk, flip over, and stand on the tips of their arms, but they are not fish. Fish have fins and swim. A jellyfish is a mass of jelly-like material with a mouth at its center and tentacles to gather food. It is not even close to being a fish. Swimming in Style To swim forward, fish sweep their bodies from side to side. The curve they make is a snake-like motion that goes from head to tail, with the tail giving the most kick. Some fish are faster than others, and the sailfish, who swims at about 60 miles an hour, is the speed demon of the sea. On page 8, the title is Waterways. Fish are the way they are because they live in the water. Water has given them their shape, their way of breathing, and their method of moving and feeding. But water has a variety of temperatures and currents, saltiness and freshness, shallows and depths, animal and plant life. Fish have adapted to these different environments. Some fish even live in pools that dry up for long periods of time. So as different as the water is, fish are different too. Fish families There are three basic types of fish. Jawless fish are hagfish and sea lampreys. They are primitive, snake-like, and scaleless. Their round mouths are like suction cups lined with more than a hundred sharp teeth. This gruesome twosome stays alive by sucking the blood and body fluids out of the other fish. Sharks, rays, and skates have skeletons made of cartilage, not bone. Your ears and the soft bone in your nose are made of cartilage. The bony fish are all the rest, from a little guppy to a giant tuna. All these fish have a skeleton made of bone, the same as mammals, reptiles, and birds. Long Distance Swimmer Fresh or Saltwater? There are a few unusual fish that can live in both. The salmon begins its spectacular journey in the freshwater river where it was born. At three years old and about ten inches long, the fish starts downstream to the salty sea. After four or five years, and weighing up to twenty pounds, the salmon returns to spawn, lay its eggs, at the place where it was born. It struggles fiercely against the current, waterfalls, dams, and predators, arriving at its birthplace bruised and exhausted, but ready to reproduce. How fresh! Perch, trout, bass, and sunfish are the most common fish found in freshwater rivers and lakes. The saltwater seas are vast, but most fish live close to the shore where the water is less than 600 feet deep. In the ocean, the deeper the water, the dimmer the light. Many fish who live at 2,000 feet or deeper Face the dark with light-producing cells called photospores. Blinking along in the blackness, the viperfish is equipped with the lights and teeth it needs to repel enemies or attract prey. Meal plan. The food chain refers to what animals eat. Big fish eat smaller ones, and smaller ones eat tiny ones. The tiny ones eat plankton, microscopic plants and animals that drift in the currents in incredible numbers. Plankton, at the bottom of the food chain, is also eaten by the largest fish in the sea, the whale shark. This 50-foot, 40,000-pound giant doesn't eat other fish, only tons and tons of plankton. Tropical beauty. Beauty may be only skin deep, but tropical fish have it. These fish live in warm waters among coral reefs, darting in and out of the coral to escape predators. They're small, swift, and decorated with stripes, spots, and colors that seem too beautiful to be true. Name that fish. Fish have scientific names which place them in families so they can be studied in groups with similar characteristics. They also have common names. Here are some fish that have good reasons for their common names. They're funny, odd, peculiar, weird, and their names say it all. On the left-hand side, we have the file fish. Some fish are named for their shape. But the file fish is named for its skin. The skin of this fish is so hard and rough, it has been used as sandpaper. A useful fish. Can you guess why I'm called a unicorn tang? Okay, now to the middle column on page 10. Trigger fish. The trigger fish has a fin-shaped trigger and it actually works. The trigger is created by locking the spines of its dorsal fin. A frightened tigerfish dives into coral and uses its spine to anchor itself where enemies can't reach it. So to be safe, this fish has got to be quick on the trigger. And now on the right-hand side of page 10 is the flathead. The hammerhead shark has a head like a flattened bar a hammer's head, with an eye and a nostril on each end. Other fish must wonder where the hammerhead is looking. Needlefish are silvery and skinny and about six feet long. Slicing through the surface of the water, they look like, of course, needles. The needlefish uses its sharp teeth to snatch small fish and juggle them into a head-first position in its mouth then slurp it swallows them whole on the bottom of this page there's a picture of a blue fish with a very long nose toothless terror the upper jaw of the swordfish grows and grows until it's a dangerous sword a real slasher the swordfish storms into a school of fish and rips its sword through whatever it can then the eating begins but not the chewing, the mighty swordfish who can drive its sword through a wooden boat has no teeth. On the top on the right is the sawfish. Sawfish is the perfect name for this member of the Ray family. With a nose that could clear a forest, what else could it be called? The saw-like snout, about one-third of the fish's length, has 24 to 32 teeth. In a 20-foot sawfish, the saw can be six feet long. The cowfish. The smallest creature to be called a cow has got to be the cowfish. Only one foot long, this fish got its name from the two cow-like horns that stick out of its head. Fish disguises. Fish don't play hide and seek. They hide to live and seek to eat. Nearly all fish hide from their enemies and some use disguises to prey on others. Color and shape are the most important parts of a fish's disguise. With all the fish in the sea, imagine how many colors and shapes there must be. On the bottom of page 12 below all the fish swimming in a group, it says, Ganging up. Fish with bright stripes are not dressed up. They're disguised. When a big fish sees this school of grunts, for example, all it sees are stripes, not heads or tails. If the grunts dart quickly in all directions, their enemy becomes even more confused and finally goes away hungry. On the top, we have Seaweed Safety. The sargassum fish is named for the seaweed it swims in. This is no wonder because the colors match perfectly. These tiny fish anchor themselves to seaweed with finger-like fins. There they safely sit where nothing else can see them. And below, in the oval, we have a picture of a fish, and it says clear sailing. The see-through body of this fish is so transparent that it's very difficult to see its shape. If it can't be seen, it can't be caught. In the first box on page 13, lethal disguises. A leaf fish lurking among the leaves is practically unseen, while the frog fish is disguised to look like a piece of red coral. A smaller fish wouldn't even know these deadly predators were in town until, gulp, it was too late. On the top right, we'll talk about lion's posse. This weird outfit belongs to the lionfish, This fish hovers with its belly to a wall of coral or rock. Its head faces down and its spines face outward for protection. Other fish cannot see a clear outline of the shape of the lionfish and don't seem to know exactly what they are looking at. The next one is the eyes have it. Some fish have false eye spots near their tails to fool predators. The eye spot is larger than the real eye, so the enemy thinks the fish is too big to eat, and that gives the butterfly fish a better chance of getting away, quick as a wink. The stone face is that funny animal on the bottom left, It's orange, and doesn't look very happy. A scorpion fish has a large upturned mouth and warty growths all over its body. But being ugly is beautiful for the scorpion fish because it looks exactly like a rock with seaweed growing over it. All the scorpion fish has to do for dinner is open its mouth and wait to gulp down any smaller fish that swims in. Master of Disguise. Here we have three pictures, and let's see what they are about. If you think you're looking at the ocean floor in these pictures, you better look again. What you're really seeing is a flounder, a flatfish that can change the color and pattern of its markings to look like the ground it lays on. These talented flounders can hide from their predators or remain unnoticed by their own prey. Seahorses. The odd and beautiful seahorse has a head like a delicate horse, a grasping tail like a monkey, an outer skeleton like an insect, and a pouch like a kangaroo. With all these borrowed parts, the seahorse doesn't look like a real fish or act much like a fish either still the tiny seahorse is a true fish. Swimming motion. A seahorse swims like the leader of a very dignified parade. Vibrating its barely noticeable fins like mad, as fast as 35 times a second, the seahorse seems to grandly glide by. All bones. The seahorse has bones inside and out, It has an inner skeleton, like all bony fish, and an outer skeleton of bony plates. When a seahorse dies and dries out, its skeleton keeps its shape. People value the dried skeleton for ornaments, jewelry, and medicine. Eyes apart. The seahorse's eyes work independently of each other. One eye can look forward to see what's coming, while the other looks backward to see what's behind. It's hard to hide from a seahorse. String bean. A pipefish is not a seahorse that's been stretched or starved. It's just a skinny relative of the seahorse. And now on the bottom right of page 14 vacuum system. And is illustrated by the seahorse with something in its mouth. Whoosh, click. The seahorse eats with its long tube-like snout, which has a tiny trap door at the end. Whoosh. The snout vacuums up tiny forms of sea life. Click. The trap door closes. The seahorse may not have any teeth but it does have a horse's appetite. Baby seahorses are born as fully developed miniatures of their parents. The female deposits her eggs in the male's kangaroo-like pouch and goes on her way. He carries the eggs for about six weeks until the babies, as many as 200, emerge. On the right-hand side, We see a seahorse holding on with its tail. Helpful tail. Most fish swim with the aid of their tails, but not the seahorse. Its tail is long and thin and has no fin. It's more like a hand than a tail. The seahorse coils its tail into a tight spiral, grabbing onto seaweed and coral where it can stay still for hours. Sometimes two seahorses lock tails and have a tug of war. And on the same page, on the left-hand side, it says seaweed seahorse. Seahorses can change color to match their surroundings, but the award for best camouflage goes to the leafy sea dragon from Australia. It has amazing skin flaps that make it look much more like seaweed than a seahorse. Now we're on page 16. Defense. Most fish are both hunted and hunter. That is, while they are searching for smaller fish to eat, someone is hoping to have them for dinner. How can a fish defend itself? Some have physical characteristics that put off their enemies. For example, no one is going to attack a fish with poisonous spines if they can't help it but they may not know that until it's too late. The little clownfish lives among the stinging tentacles of the sea anemone, which looks like a plant, but is really an animal. The clownfish is immune to the anemone's sting, so swimming among the wavy arms of its friend, the clownfish, is completely safe. Boxed In The blue boxfish could be a turtle's cousin. It's covered with a tortoise-like shell except where its fins, eyes, and tails stick out. No bigger fish wants to take a bite out of this hardhead. Sea Surgeon Surgeon Surgeonfish carry razor-sharp barbs at the base of their tails. These blades can be aimed raised and pointed forward so that a fish passing by can be slashed sliced or slit as for people the surgeon fish will gladly operate on anyone who grabs it by the tail tough puff if attacked a porcupine fish has a great defense it's equipped with needle sharp spines all over its body and it can swallow water or air to puff itself up into a prickly balloon. A big porcupine looks like a basketball spiked with nails. Now that would be tough to swallow. Barracuda. The barracuda is a fish whose best defense is an attack on man or fish. A smiling barracuda is all sharp teeth and frightening fangs. If these teeth are worn or broken, new ones grow in to take their place. Not all barracuda are dangerous, but it never makes sense to trust one, even if it's smiling. Fishball A puffer, like the porcupine fish, escapes from its enemies by puffing itself up. An inflated puffer will bob on the surface like a balloon. Few fish can get their mouths around a puffer when it's so roly-poly. That's the best part of being a beautiful, bouncing ball of fish. Shocking defense. What's a cross between a cat and a light bulb? An electric catfish, of course. This fish defends itself with wicked electric shocks that come from a coat of tissue beneath its skin. That means that all four feet of the electric catfish are a shocking experience to any creature that comes near it. Page 18. Sharks. Sharks have prowled the seas, practically unchanged, for more than 350 million years. These feared and fearless fish are different from bony fish. A shark skeleton is made of soft material, cartilage, and its scales are like tiny, sharp teeth, very rough and jagged. There are over 300 different types of sharks ranging in size from the four to six inch spined pygmy to the mammoth whale shark. Some live in deep ocean waters while others inhabit coral reefs or swim lazily above the seabeds. Swimming for life. Sharks are swimming machines. They don't have swim bladders, which keep other fish afloat. In order to keep from sinking, most sharks that are not bottom dwellers must keep swimming. The leopard shark is a long distance traveler without even swimming. A champion survivor in captivity, this shark has traveled by air to aquariums all over the world. Big Bite Most sharks are carnivores, which means they eat flesh, mostly fish. A shark approaches its prey in circles, then bumps it with its snout. If it feels like food, it takes a bite, and there's no nibble. A shark's jaw has a force of 44,000 pounds per square inch. The blue shark's favorite meal is squid. Lots of squid. Shy, white-tipped reef sharks are often found in groups browsing near the ocean bottom. The thresher shark uses its 10-foot tail, half its total length, to round up and stun schools of small fish. The carpet shark lives on the ocean floor and has a fringed head like a wig of weeds. Endless Teeth Can you imagine a shark smiling? It would certainly have a toothy grin. Rows upon rows of teeth are set in gums, not in hard bone, so they fall out easily. However, lost teeth are constantly replaced by the ones behind them. Sharks can go through hundreds of sets of teeth in a lifetime. The size and shape of a shark's teeth depend on how it hunts and what it eats. The swift mako shark hunts small fish and has long, thin teeth. The better to catch them with. The huge whale shark has tiny teeth, 3,000 of them. But this gentle giant uses its skills to filter the plankton it eats from the water. On the top right, there's a picture of a nurse shark. The nurse shark has flat, blunt teeth for crushing animals, such as the hard-shelled clams and crabs that it finds on the ocean floor. The great white shark has huge teeth, each a -a two-and-a-half-inch inch razor sharp triangle. It can sense the slightest vibration caused by a wounded fish. The great white also has an excellent sense of smell. It can detect one part of blood in a hundred million parts of water and even know which direction the smell is coming from. Rays on page 20. Cousins to the shark Rays look as if they had been run over by a seagoing steamroller. Their pectoral fins are enlarged and attached to their heads, forming wing-like shapes. When they wave their fins up and down, they move through water like huge, elegant birds. Like sharks, a ray's skeletal system is made of cartilage. Unlike sharks, rays are not aggressive, but they can be dangerous. The eyes of a ray are on top of its head, but the mouth and gills are on the bottom. To breathe, water comes in through two openings behind the eyes and goes out through the gills. The ray's eyesight is good and its nose, at the tip, is excellent. Its mouth is perfect for scooping up clams, crabs, and small fish on the ocean floor. So, with this totally flattened, two-faced technique, the ray goes on its way quite well. Spotted Skate Skates are members of the ray family. When they swim, they move their pectoral fins from front to back instead of flapping them, like rays. Manta Ray The giant manta ray measures as much as 20 feet across and can weigh up to 3,000 pounds. Unlike bottom dwellers, mantas cruise the water's surface eating plankton, small plant, and animal organisms. Sometimes, by flapping its spectacular wings, a manta ray can fly 15 feet out of the water. And now below, not a shark. The guitar fish shows how closely related sharks and rays really are. It has a longer, thinner, more shark-like body, but its gills are on the underside of its body, so it's definitely a ray. The guitar fish teeth are blunt, not sharp, but there are a lot of them, 65 to 70 rows and now on the top right spine story a stingray like most rays and skates lays in shallow water covered with sand and minds its own business unless someone steps on it then whap it swings its long tail and strikes with its spine the single spine on the tail of a stingray is poisonous and dangerous the wound can be painful or paralyzing depending on the size of the ray. Some rays even have spines that are replaced if they are lost. Charged up. The torpedo ray is one of the only fish with enough electric power to stun a man. Its electric charge is so well developed that its babies, which are born live, are able to produce electricity upon birth. Page 22. Tricky fish. Tricky fish. They walk, they talk, they breathe and fly. They even hibernate. Who are they and how did they get this way? Slowly. 600 million years is the age of the oldest fossil fish found so far. Over the centuries, as fish changed and adapted to their surroundings, some of them developed bizarre, fantastic behaviors. Here we'll read across both pages from left to right. Walking Underwater Watch a sea robin move along the ocean floor, and it seems to be walking. Six rays, three from each pectoral fin, stick out and poke around in the sand. This trickster can even talk. By vibrating its swim bladder, it can produce a croaking sound. Fake Flyer Flying fish don't really fly, but they do get airborne. Swimming very fast, they thrust their upper bodies out of the water, spread their fins, and glide above the water. They can fly 50 yards in 3 seconds at 35 miles per hour. Drum roll. Underwater music gets its beat from the drum fish who vibrates its bladder to make the noise it's named for a drumming sound, and it can be loud. A school of drums playing around a ship can keep a crew up at night. Okay, now we'll start. I'm going to go back to page 22 on the left-hand side and read across. Walking on land. The frog-faced mudskipper can breathe on land. It carries water in its gills and returns to the water now and then to fill up. On the ground, the mudskipper struts along with its pectoral fins and even leaps by pushing off with its tail. Take cover. Here comes the archer fish squirting bullets. Insects are its prey and water is its weapon. Spotting a bug on a leaf, the archer gets in position, takes aim, and shoots drops of water at its victim. A sure shot at four feet, larger archer fish can propel water up to 12 feet. Remora. A free ride is the remora's idea of a good day. This fish uses the powerful suction disc on top of its head to stick to other fish, preferably a shark. The suction of its two-foot shark sucker is so strong that it has been known to lift 24 pounds now that's using its head bodywork fish get infections and parasites and fungi so who do they call the cleaners cleaner fish do the dirty work of nibbling away their hosts pests parasites bacteria and dead skin Some work around the sharp teeth and even down the throats of some very scary fellows. This moray eel stays neat and tidy with the help of its cleaner friends. Flying hatchet. Meet the only true flyer among fish, the tiny three-inch hatchet fish, shaped like a food chopper. Whizzing along for about six feet, flapping its pectoral fins like mad, this fish actually flies. Huge chest muscles, a quarter of its weight, give the hatchet the power to take off. Eels. In ancient times, people thought that eels were related to snakes and worms. Eels, however, are true fish with fins and gills and scales. Many swim in both salt and fresh water, something most fish can't do. The most common eels are anywhere from one and a half to six feet long and live in lakes, river bottoms, harbors, and marshes. Eel Garden What looks like a question mark lives in colonies and acts like a real stick in the mud? The Garden Eel Garden eels spend all their time stuck tail first in holes on the ocean floor. They rarely leave their burrows, and if danger comes, they sink right in up to their eyeballs. As many as a thousand may live together. A moray eel will hide in anything it can fit into, even this tube sponge. Slippery as an eel. Eels have more mucus than most fish. That might make an eel feel good, but it makes touching one a pretty slimy experience. This spotted spoon-nosed eel is one of about 600 species of eels. Irritable eel. The rattlesnake of the sea is the moray eel, a fish that is as vicious as it looks. There are many types of morays hiding in the nooks and crannies of coral reefs. Some are large, reaching up to 10 feet and weighing 200 pounds. And some are poisonous, as if strong jaws, sharp teeth, and a powerful bite weren't enough. On page 25, we'll just read the two paragraphs at the top of the page. The Shocking Truth The electric eel is a six-foot-long fish that swims in the rivers of South America. Most of its body is filled with special battery-like organs. A short blast of its electricity can stun a man and paralyze or kill small prey. Trip of a Lifetime Anguilla eels, the most common freshwater eels, live in inland lakes and rivers. These eels migrate, sometimes thousands of miles, to lay their eggs in the Sargasso Sea, an area in the Atlantic Ocean thick with seaweed. The babies that are born return to the same place their parents came from. These baby eels will become adults living in fresh water who will again return to the Sargasso Sea to spawn. No one knows why. And baby makes 3,000. To reproduce, fish spawn. The female places her eggs in the water, the male releases sperm, and the eggs are fertilized. Most fish simply lay eggs and go on their way, but not all. Some build nests, dig pits, and find hiding places for their eggs. Eggs are good food for predators, but they are also the future for each fish species, so their survival is an important part of the fish story. Now we'll read along on the left-hand side downward. Not clowning around. This brightly colored clownfish guards its eggs near the safety provided by the sea anemone. Surf and birth. The grunion rides the waves onto the beach. The female digs herself, tail first, into the soft, wet sand and lays her eggs. When she struggles free, the male fertilizes them. Then both wiggle toward the sea and catch a wave into deeper waters. Two weeks later, a high tide washes the eggs out. Two or three minutes in the water and the baby grunions are hatched and swimming on their own. On page 27, we'll read down the column on the left and then the one on the right. An egg without any protection has a good chance of being eaten. Some sharks and skates lay their eggs in leathery cases. Each one is the home to just one egg. The case has hooks that catch onto seaweed or anchor on the bottom of the ocean. There it sits for several months while the egg develops safely into a fish. Countless Cod. Fish that lay few eggs usually guard them, or none might survive. The cod can lay nine million or more eggs a year, and the parents just let them float away without so much as a tail wave goodbye but only one cod baby in every million needs to live to continue the survival of this fish. If they all survived, the seas would be clogged with cod. Egg-Laying Champion The ocean sunfish can measure 12 feet from top to bottom and weigh 3,000 pounds. It lays more eggs than any other fish, as many as 300 million eggs, at a time. Safekeeping. Some fish search for a safe place for their eggs. The bitterling uses a place as safe as a bank vault, a mussel. To deposit her eggs in the mussel, the three-inch bitterling develops a tube. She uses the tube to place one or two eggs in a mussel and the male fertilizes them. Then the parent moves on to another muscle and another, making many safe deposits. Toadfish treasure. Toadfish normally use natural objects to make their nests. They tend to hide in rocky crevices, but sometimes they adapt their habitat to include objects left by humans, namely trash that thoughtless people let fall to the ocean's floor. Now on page 28. Fish Fry. Baby fish are called fry. Although many fish have no interest in their newly hatched offspring, some do. They may just hover around to fight off attackers or keep the fry in specially built nests or even carry them around in their mouths. Under the Bullseye. Baby bullhead catfish have protective parents. The babies form a school and stay together. Like this mama bullhead catfish, the parents stay nearby and keep an eye on them until they're about two inches long, big enough to brave the world. Mouth house. Tilapia babies hatch in their mother's mouth. The tiny fish may swim out now and then but come right back when there's trouble. During this time, the mouth brooder, as this fish is called, gets pretty hungry. After a while, the fry may be safer on their own. If they swim back in, there's a good chance they could be swallowed. Herring hordes, Silver sides, as herring fry are called, hatch from sticky eggs that cling to stones sand, and seaweed. Adult females, traveling in gigantic schools, lay their eggs at the same time, maybe 30,000 each. That's why there are so many herring in the world, one of the most numerous of all creatures with backbones. The fry of this African jellyfish are ready to start life on their own. Now, going on to page 29, We'll start with the column on the left-hand side and then finish on the right. Babysitter. This fierce male stickleback, two to four inches long, builds a nest for his fry and keeps them there. He tries to keep the babies from wandering off and may bring them back in his mouth. After about two weeks, the nest is worn out and so is Dad. And now to the top of the page, bubble nest. The male Siamese fighting fish builds a nest of bubbles on the water's surface. He carries each egg in his mouth and places it in the nest which constantly needs new bubbles. When the babies fall out and escape faster than he can return them, and there's no time to repair the nest, father knows his job is done. Angelfish. Newly hatched angelfish are stuck to their spawning place by a fine, sticky thread attached to their heads. If a baby does break free, a parent swoops down to put it back with the others. However, after about three or four days, the babies bust loose in bunches too large to lasso. Soon, the full-grown angelfish are ready to raise fry on their own. And the winner is, who gets the mother and father of the sea award? The discus fish, of course. These super parents don't have a minute to themselves because their babies are attached to them. For several days after they hatch, the little fish stick to their parents' bodies. This discus never has to worry about where its babies are. That is the end of nature's wild fish by Jane P. Resnick. This book was read by Courtney Carey at the studios of the Connecticut Radio Information System.